Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton joining you in for Susan Littlefield as she takes a much-deserved little bit of vacation time. And we're talking with Aaron Bertles of Crossroads Marketing today. Aaron, thanks for being able to talk the trade with us. I start in the grain sectors as we saw a little bit of spread unwinding potentially between those spring wheat markets and the Chicago KC contracts. Corn and soybeans also kind of acting independently of each other. We did see a little bit of selling there towards the end on the soybeans. I guess if we get started here, the first thing to talk about, though, I think in the in the grand scope of things is weather really seems to be a fundamental factor that everybody's got their eyes on right now. What is the latest you're seeing? Yeah, I don't know that anybody's really sure how to take it. I mean, you've seen obviously tons of places that have had lots of rain, excess rain, and more rain than they've needed in two years in some locations. You hope that doesn't continue through harvest. You know, people keep comparing to this to like 2009 type year where you did have a lot of rain. We know it's going to be slow anyway, just because things are behind pace. Um, second lowest, you know, shortest maturity that we've had at this point in time. So you're seeing, you started to see early to this morning, some freeze scare starting to come in very mild, not something that's going to get people too uh, up in arms at this point. Temperatures overall are still expected to be a little bit warmer, but those rain chances, um, even out to the 11-15 day, are, are still in there. And in places that we just don't need it right now. Um, you're at a point where you'd like to see this crop mature. You'd like to see harvest start to get going so that we could really see what kind of yield potential we have out there. You talk about rain, and that seems to have been the major plague of 2019. And, and I hate to say the word plague and rain in the same sentence, but uh, the latest commodity analysis and from a weather perspective, right now 45% of the U.S. corn crop in the Corn Belt received 125% of their annual rainfall for September. Uh, about 35% of the Corn Belt received 150% and 13% almost double, almost 200%. So 93% of the Corn Belt has seen at least 125 to almost 200% more what does this do for harvest? Well, you know that in history, the trade has not really known how to handle this kind of stuff because you've seen them in the past. Just look at rain makes grain, right? I mean, that's the, the very common saying. And so the whole year here, we obviously had some good run-ups mid-summer because we couldn't get the crop in. But once that stopped and we got in what you know we thought we got in, uh, the rain just doesn't, doesn't, isn't looked at as something that's really bullish, right? So they don't know how to take it. They don't know how to take it from a production standpoint, from an agronomy standpoint, because more often than not, it does help uh, production. There are points, obviously, where you can get too much rain, um, places that you know you just can't see the uh, production kick in like it does when it has just a normal rainfall season. So we'll just have to see. Um, I think the biggest part now is is not having any additional here so that we can go ahead and get the crop out of the field and, and don't have even less harvested acres than some people think we might have. Aaron, looking back through the historical data, once we start getting into these later October, November, December type months, how quickly can we start losing that potential yield that could be out there due to wet delays, uh, whether it be wind that's coming over, knocking corn down, or pods starting to open up on soybeans? Do you have any data on that? I don't have any data on that. I just think that it is something this time of the year where uh, you want to get in and you want to get that stuff out, especially soybeans. When things start drying down, uh, you got a pretty small window there that, that you need to get in and start getting that stuff harvested. Uh, obviously, it still just comes down to what you got out there in the first place, right? I mean, that's not typically something that's going to ruin a crop. Um, you're going to have small areas that are going to have wind damage. You're going to have small areas that get too dry uh, that you lose bean, uh, beans in the field because of that. The biggest issue overall, though, is just what was the potential of this crop in the first place, right? I mean, with the early rains that you had, with how late we got it planted, with the potential for some of these crops to not be able to finish 
like they need to, uh, that's going to be the biggest issue. And I don't think that's something that we've solved the whole year, right? I mean, you've, you've had people dig their heels in on whether or not they believe that this crop is out there or not. And they're not going to change their mind until we get into the field and start getting some of this stuff out and really seeing what's out there. So I don't think it's going to be a huge matter of having some issues here towards the end. That's more of a demand thing for me, more of a, hey, can we get the, the, the grain into the pipeline? It's going to be more about, you know, what was the crop potential in the first place? And talking about that crop potential, we've continued to see USDA kind of back off, come back and forth, whether you want to talk crop progress, you want to talk the latest WASDE reports. Now, on Monday, we'll have a stocks report as well, those wheat estimate production numbers coming out. What's your early thoughts on those? I don't think that this is going to be a huge mover uh, as far as the stocks reports go. Uh, we haven't seen those old crop numbers really make a huge shift here lately. Um, so I don't know that this is going to be a, a huge impact. I think especially since things have started off here slowly as well. We need to get into October. You might have some decent information by the time you get to that October report as far as harvest goes, but we're starting to run out of time for that even. And we're not making a lot of harvest progress here uh, early on. So you'd like to see maybe Monday that we're up around that, you know, 14 to to 18% harvested. I don't know if we're going to make it or not, just depending on, you know, what crops are, are ready at this point. But it's just you keep pushing this thing further down the road, the the less information you have going into these reports obviously makes it even more difficult for people to, to believe. You know, you mentioned demand earlier, and, and really that has been the fundamentals of can we keep enough demand for these bigger carryouts that we've been seeing, or will now we see the supply drop to kind of meet those curtailing demands? China's been back in the market buying soybeans here recently with a big buying uh, just yesterday. Do you think globally we're starting to approach a time when if the trade talks don't go China's way, they'll back out on these buys like they've done in the past? I don't know if they will because I don't know that, it, honestly, it even has that much to do with the trade talks. I mean, you look at the situation, why wouldn't they buy? We've got cheap grain. It's a time of year where they, they need it. Uh, they, they usually start to come to us now anyway um, because of uh, supply starting to, to dry up a little bit in South America. Um, so I don't know. You know, It's not surprising to me to see them purchasing things. I hope it's actually a, a precursor to getting closer to a deal, but I could also see it just being – them needing beans and going ahead and buying them at a cheap price. Um, this is one of the lower prices we've seen in quite a while and, and most likely will be a, a low for, you know, hopefully a couple of years here. Um, so I think this is more about getting to a point where supply, you know, if this yield does come down, demand I don't expect to just totally switch around on us here. I think it's going to have to be a thing where demand becomes less important because supply has come down to a level where demand is just less important, right? It's it's important now. It's an important factor. Everybody's talking about how poor ethanol is, why we can't get a trade deal done. None of that's as important if this yield comes down three, four, five, six bushels, right, on corn and two bushels or one and a half bushels on beans. All that takes a whole new perspective if that takes place. Again, we're talking with Aaron Bertles, Crossroads Marketing. On the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up next, we talk livestock. This is the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield, Aaron Bertles, Crossroads Marketing, joining us talking the trade today. Aaron, our first segment, we focus quite a bit on the fundamentals and some of the trade happening around the grain talk. I want to come back here and briefly talk grains one more time before we go to livestock and get your thoughts right now on marketing. What would be some of your advice to producers right now seeing the trade as it occurs? 
Yeah, I think you have to try to take care of the things that you can right now. Obviously, this is not a good price to be selling green at. Um, it's not a good time of the year to be selling green at. We've seen our lows come in this. And, you know, I personally think that we've probably seen our lows at this point in time. Um, you've seen your lows come in this point in time in the last four to five years. So you got to look at the things you can handle. And, and right now, you know, basis, while it could get better if we don't have the crop we need in the east, um, I still think short-term stuff, stuff that's got to go out and fall, stuff that's got to go – uh, through the end of the year, uh, it's really good basis opportunities right now and has been for a few weeks. You know, and I still think that's stuff that you need to look at, get get things secured in case we do rally, because the chances are if we rally, the prices or the basis is not going to get any better, right? In fact, it'll probably get worse. So I think that's something you got to look at and you've got to just figure out ways and figure out what you need to get sold um, if you hadn't sold it for harvest or for the end of the year so that if we do get this rally because the yield does look like it's going down in the short term, you can get that stuff sold on that rally um, and just be able to take advantage of it. So not a lot of action other than that. You've got to take care of what you can, and right now merchandising is something you could do. Again, we're talking with Aaron Bertles, Crossroads Marketing. We go from grains now to livestock. We're higher for the most part on the live cattle and feeder cattle, though. Triple-digit loss is seen there in the hogs. We get out the report, though. China's released another 10,000 metric tons from their state-held uh, frozen pork reserves. So the fundamentals are still there for lean hogs so long as we can continue to get positive uh, export news. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that you will. Um, we've seen enough evidence here uh, from the swine fever and, and everything that's gone on there that we're going to see demand there. Uh, you saw the, the trade deal with Japan come through, so that's really supported, especially uh, the beef industry here over the last day. Um, you know, they're our number one buyer, and, and that's going to open that market up even more. So I think that those two markets, too, really swing heavily with the outside um, you know, just political news that we see, the outside market news that we see day in and day out with this administration as we've uh, as we continue to get headlines all the time um, that take away or, or bring about, you know, possible demand news. So you're seeing a lot of flux there and it's going to be a tough market. You are going to have some back and forth in this, even though the demand looks like it's going to be very strong. If they start through with impeachment proceedings or they start digging into this and that uh, catches um you know, momentum, as you've seen the last couple of days, then that those markets are going to get, you know, be more in flux than a lot of other markets just because they're more tied closely to the economy. So that'll be interesting to see. I think the demand is going to be good. I think, for, especially for beef, the supply situation is coming at the right time where you're going to have less um, as you move into next quarter, which we saw in this last cattle on feed report. Uh, so if you can keep from having too much uh, fluctuation in these outside markets and the Dow and, and all that, then I think you should have a pretty good, uh, continue some pretty good momentum in those markets. I want to piggyback on comments you made there. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House of Representatives, pushing for a full impeachment inquiry uh, today, talking to reporters. So with that going back, we have to go back to the late 90s when really computer trading wasn't around. So what do you think could be different from the last impeachment type inquiry the U.S. saw and the market saw to today's if that continues forward? Just faster, just what we've seen, you know, even in these markets in the last three years. Um, you know, you've you've seen plenty of times where beef has had these days where they'll be down almost the limit and they'll be up the limit by the end of the day. And that's how fast this can move now. And you've got to try to to be, you know, patient enough and, and you know, just have enough uh, to stand it, right? I mean, that's the tough part is you sit here and watch all this fluctuation and you don't know which way to go. You've got to try to pay attention to the fundamentals, try to hold true to that because 
this outside noise is going to move those markets around a lot. And in the end, it may not matter a whole lot. At the end of the day, it may not matter a whole lot. You could go down really quickly and then come back and nothing's really changed. So I think people are just going to have to watch their emotions as you see this stuff swinging around when you get this news because uh, it will be able to swing very, very quickly. In today's algorithmic world where we can get these computers almost trading emotionless so long as our operators trading emotionless, the day's trade is check the emotions at the door. We were talking about cattle before we dived off into politics. We've really seen a nice run-up from that big sell-off following that Holcomb, Kansas uh, fire in the Tyson plant. Where do we see that next bump of resistance for the cattle? Yeah, I think you're going to try to fill that big gap that we created from that here. Um You've got a little ways to go before you're going to catch a, a ton of resistance. I think you're going to want to fill this gap, which we still have some room to go on that. Um, and I just think that we've talked about this for six months. This was the time frame where you were going to start to run into or get rid of some of the big supply gut, glut that we had all summer long, right? So as you go into the first of the year, um, you should see less supply because of some of that, those numbers that we've been watching the whole time. So I think you, you could work back closer to those those highs that we saw earlier. Um, I don't think that's out of the question at all. Um, just with some of the demand fundamentals that are here and with the supply being where it's at, the one wild card is just what kind of outside news are we going to get? You know, what's the Dow going to do? Um, is there going to be fears about the economy because the impeachment stuff picks up? Because no matter what we like to say, people have confidence in the economy when Trump's there, right? So. That's the part that they feel like they can count on because he's going to do whatever he can to keep those numbers up. So if, if that has any fear of going away, then that's the kind of things that could send those markets into a little bit of a, a fear move. Again, we're talking with Aaron Bertels of Crossroads Marketing. Aaron, as we wrap up, what is the best way for producers that want to continue this conversation we've started here? What's the best way to continue that with you? Yeah, just give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertels at crossroadsml.com. Again, Aaron Bertels, Crossroads Marketing, joining us on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers for their support here at the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. 